In this episode, I welcome Lulu Johnson. Lulu and I have been working together for a little bit over a year, and she came to me because of a few reasons, but really at the root of her pain and suffering was the fact that she was divorced, two beautiful kids, but hadn't been in a healthy, loving relationship before. And had some idea why. She had definitely had insight into her trauma. She had insight to some of her patterns, but didn't know how to break them. Interestingly enough, when we started working together, she said, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not ready for a relationship. And she would always kind of say that, but then someone walked into her life and someone pretty amazing. I did an episode already, some of you might remember, where I talk about why certain people are attracted to or only attract emotionally unavailable people into their lives, why they feel like they're constantly chasing the wrong person, why healthy might be boring. I also shared how to break that cycle. And Lulu is really the inspiration and poster child for learning how to love yourself and also learning how to allow someone to love you, which is part of the process. And when she met this person, what she realized was that as she was in it, she was experiencing these triggers where it would have been so easy for her to completely sabotage it. Because if you don't believe that you deserve it, then you're going to look at someone and be like, what's wrong with you that you want to be with me? Or you'll just go fall back into old patterns, sabotaging patterns. And so I'm so glad we were working together because she was so diligent to break this pattern, to not, as she said, mess up a good thing. And this conversation is so raw. It's so real. And it's even a little hardcore. And so I am just excited. For those of you who are listening and those of you who really want to break whatever quote-unquote dysfunctional, toxic, unhealthy pattern that you might be experiencing in relationships that's interfering with your capacity and deservingness of something really beautiful. So without further ado, this is Lulu Johnson. Listening to her story, I know is going to inspire you and also validate a lot of what you're feeling. So please enjoy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, this is Jillian on Love. 
and I'm on a mission to teach people how to revolutionize their romantic relationships by transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you're in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm a certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, their breath, and minds. I have coached and taught thousands to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up in their relationships and love lives. Today's episode is about self-love and whether or not it's actually necessary or to what degree it's necessary to love ourselves in order to be in a healthy relationship, which I think is a really big debate these days. Some people say, no, you have to totally love yourself and be totally healed before you're in a relationship. Otherwise, you're just going to completely mess it up. And then there's another camp that says, no, you don't have to love yourself. You learn to love yourself while you're in a relationship. And I find these two opposing camps so interesting because in my view, it's neither. You have to love yourself. There's no question. But do you have to love everything about yourself to be in a healthy relationship? No. Can you still wrestle with certain parts of yourself that you don't like? This idea of self-love, you know, maybe we don't have to actually love ourselves to be in a relationship, but to say that it doesn't matter, that it's irrelevant, doesn't make sense to me because what I know for a fact is that if we hate ourselves or if we really don't like ourselves, that's going to be a problem. So today's guest is Lulu Johnson, and Lulu and I have been working together. I've been coaching her probably a little under a year, and she's been gracious enough to come on the show to share her story of self-love and finally being in this really loving and healthy relationship. And so I think you guys are going to really enjoy this episode because my intention is to really clarify things about what really is self-love, why it's important to care about ourselves to have a healthy relationship, but also why you don't actually have to totally have this rock-solid self-worth in order to be in a healthy relationship. I'm going to welcome my guest, Lulu Johnson. Hi, Lulu. Hi. How are you? <laughs> How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for coming. I'm more than beyond honored and was shocked that... <laughs> You thought that I was a candidate for something like this, but I definitely want to share with anyone who will listen the incredible journey that I've gone on only because of you and with your help. Of course. You know, I think you are like the poster child for <laughs> every single person who has struggled with having healthy relationships Absolutely. with healthy people. And there's so many people who are struggling with always chasing emotionally unavailable or unhealthy people or always showing up in relationships inauthentically. Yeah. And here you are almost seven months in mm -hmm. with a really healthy person in an incredibly healthy relationship. Every relationship has its issues, but so healthy. I'm so glad. <laughs> I don't recognize my life or myself or what's happening. So it's very bizarre. <laughs> 
Okay, wait. So share. Okay, so I'm going to hand the mic, so to speak, over to you. Why don't you tell the listeners, because I think this will give the person who's listening some really important context. Where were you very specifically when it comes to men and dating and relationship when we first started? First, I wanted to say, you said something that like, do we need to be totally healed to be in a relationship? And I was like, what is totally healed? You know, (laughs) I mean, I don't think we're not computers. We're not like in a textbook. We don't do certain things in life that equal this guarantee. All we can do is try different things and work on ourselves to try to get better. We're always growing and changing. I don't know. So true. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. When I met you, I definitely was like, I should not be dating. (laughs) I don't want to date. And I had reached out to you because I felt like you were talking to me. Just the simple, don't call if he doesn't call you or, you know, walk, (laughs) walk away. And that was the last thing I ever knew how to do or even thought about doing growing up. Love for me and getting it and keeping it was a full-time job that I felt if I wasn't constantly working on keeping the guy or making him love me, then he was going to go away. But I didn't necessarily want to concentrate on that. Straight out asked if you would be willing to work with me on the relationship with myself because I had been dating a lot and had turned 45 recently. I'm now 47. And so I had just been going through a lot over the past few years And I was just at that point where I realized my ideas were not working, not only in regards to dating, but just I really was ready to hone in on attempting to make a change in my life, how I felt about myself, how I feel about my relationship with my mother. And then like the relationship part, we'll deal with that down the road. I really wanted to push it away because it was one of my addictions. Calling in a relationship or going on a dating app was an addiction for me. It was a way for me to distract myself from what I really needed to work on and really sit in, which was my own body. And that was something I never did growing up. The concept of breathing and feeling grounded in your body was completely unfamiliar to me. Okay, this is huge because this idea of using the dating app and dating as an addiction to distract yourself from what was really going on inside, I think that's so well said. And I think that there are going to be so many people who can relate to that. Men were my addiction, but it was also the drama of the ups and downs and the challenges and the All of that was what I thrived on. For me, I think I knew that I didn't want that to be my way and my vibration at all times. Like it wasn't healthy for me. And, you know, we've talked about this. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening have heard about this, where it's like you can be stuck in something that's so not good for you, but it's what you're used to. It's what you're familiar with. So you keep choosing it. And I think that's what was one of the main things that you helped me with too, was that 
It's like we like to stay at that 97.6 or whatever it is, (laughs) 98.6. Familiar, even if it's bad for us. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, so was there a moment that you can recall where you said to yourself, I can't do this anymore? Like you said, it's not healthy anymore. Do you remember that moment? You remember where you were? Like, was it a series of moments? I think I was just maybe sitting in my car and realizing I felt alone again. I felt very alone and I did not know what to do. And knowing that I couldn't necessarily just pick up, like I was exhausted, was like, what am I going to do? Because I didn't want to just keep doing what I always did. I wasn't even thinking that this would go in this direction, but I think this is such an important point that you make, which is that we typically as human beings, we only tend to make these big changes in our life when the alternative, when the option, I should say, of not changing is more painful than changing. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a rock bottom. Yes. So when you hit that point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I need to focus on myself. And obviously you didn't know what that looked like, but you just knew it had to happen. We started talking and we did. We covered all sorts of things, relationship with yourself very specifically, which is what I work on with so many people, self-worth, relationship with your mom, because there's always a parent. (laughs) That usually someone has to, you know, work on that relationship. And obviously we did talk about men. We talked a little bit about your parenting, but that's just because I like to look at a person's life holistically. So we talked about everything. So you're in a relationship now. And I remember many times you saying to me, I'm not interested in dating. I don't think I can date right now. I'm not interested in dating. I don't think I can date right now. And then It just seemed like all of a sudden you met this person. And can you share a little bit about that? What happened was I realized that it was a mixture of things. I was watching Yellowstone and convinced that I needed a cowboy boyfriend, someone that could. (laughs) I was just like, that's going to be it. And I don't know. I was watching Rip, the character, like all these memes out there of like, find someone like so-and-so that looks at, you know, and again, I have a lot of Disney or movie references because those were my only small little peaks in tied to possibly what a healthy relationship looked like. What also started happening is that my mother 
at 80, met somebody and she's been a workaholic. Relationships were definitely not a priority in her life and has been very much alone. All of a sudden had love in her life. That was different than any other relationship I had seen where I felt he genuinely loved her. And then my 16-year-old daughter chose a man that treats her like a princess. And I'm like, where did you learn this from? Because I was not setting a good example. I knew I was falling into my mother's footsteps. So I felt like something was happening around me where I would just see the way these men, very near and dear to me, or just six feet away from me, would look into my daughter's eyes or would look into my mother's eyes and go, that's what I want. Like, I want that. I'm ready for that, I think. But I had never had that. It's not just the starry-eyed thing. It's, wow, seeing that I was like, maybe there is a possibility of finding someone who really sees all of me and accepts all of me. Because, you know, I was very much distracted by or thought I was fulfilled by physical attraction and thought that the physical attraction meant all these things. What I always dreamt of having was the love where you can be 100% yourself. Can you expand on the physical stuff? Because I think that's really important because a lot of people do choose relationships just based on the physical chemistry and then they end up looking back on those relationships and be like, that was a complete crap show. Unfortunately, I grew up in a very superficial world and in the fashion industry and my mom being a fashion designer, it was like a very harsh, critical, overly self-aware and critical place for me to grow up in. But sad thing is, you don't have to grow up in that environment. And as women, we already do that to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it was just validation. If I was getting attention from a man, it was validating. But there was also, for me, it was much more of the challenge. And I owe this all to the fact that I didn't have a father growing up. He was not in the picture. And I think that I always had this fantasy that I would meet him one day, which I did, but that he would fall in love with me, right? That he would see me and go, oh my God, you are just beautiful and amazing and intelligent and everything about you is incredible. And yet he wasn't attainable or he wasn't, he was distracted. So what do you know? I would go for the most distracted guy in the room, the least (laughs) available, the least interested. And if I could get that guy to see me, then I scored. Not only did you score, but then you actually had some worth, right? Absolutely. And unfortunately, for many different reasons, I didn't go to college. I started working right after high school. I didn't feel smart. I didn't feel intelligent. I was scared of someone really getting to know me. So now I look back and it was like, yeah, I was terrified of having a real raw relationship where I maybe had to open up and really show myself and rise to the occasion. And I Mm. think deep down, I didn't know how to do any of that. So the most terrifying thing for me was a man who had his shit together, had a job, had responsibilities, and then would approach me as another adult 
And me be like, oh, I got to go. Wow. Yeah. My female relationships were so genuine. My girlfriends were girls that were very real and didn't give a shit about who I was or where I came from. And I didn't care where they lived, what they looked like. And those friends that I still have to this day that were so genuine, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that they loved me exactly for who I was. I felt funny around them. I felt smart. I felt all these things. And I look back or want to say to someone, hey, if you feel that with a girlfriend, you can feel that with a man. You can still have that same, like, I know I'm a good friend. I know I'm a good whatever. I know I'm funny. I know I'm intelligent. You can have that with a guy. I know I'm a good girlfriend. I mean, it was like my personality didn't come into play too much in my relationships. (laughs) In your romantic relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Because you were trying too hard to play a certain role or to win them or the connections weren't always totally authentic. It was always a game. (laughs) What I realized I did, which I'm ashamed of, is if a guy wasn't paying much attention to me, not calling, or I knew that he was probably seeing other people too, I was like, well, I guess I'll see other people too, because that's what he's doing. And it was like, it was very sad because I wanted, I longed for a connection so badly. And yet I just kept fooling around and playing around because I I thought that's what you do and deep down hoping and praying that they would just fall in love with me one day or something. And what would happen, I think, is that my personality would come out. And when I got a good reaction from that, I was like, oh, they really love me. They really Mm -hmm. care about me. They really like me. And it was like, what? Because they said, you look beautiful that night or what? Because they picked up on the fact that you were funny or this or that. No, like... It took me 47 years to meet someone where I was like, this is the kind of response and love and attention I should have been getting or I should have looked for all along. I was taking crumbs of whatever. Just to be clear, this isn't about blaming the people that you were with. This is because of what you were willing to tolerate. And I think that's really such an important distinction for listeners to hear because A lot of people I speak to will blame the other person, like they're just bad. They just always give crumbs. And what I try to encourage them to do is have enough self-analysis where you can look at yourself and say, but wait, what's my role in this? Like, am I looking just to be validated? Am I just accepting crumbs? Am I actually being myself? Am I showing up as myself? Am I asking for what I want? That was a muscle that I had never flexed. I will never forget when I was 14 and I expressed to my boyfriend that I was upset. And he's, I don't need to deal with this shit. I'm out of here. (laughs) And so it can be just like one little experience. That's very true. It can be just one experience that happens when you're 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that memory that you have is not as clear as you think because the mind Uh, actually will distort and delete memories all the time. But you remember it as that because it's left an imprint in your body and your nervous system. And it's experiences like that, which by the way, it could have been like, if he's a kid too, like obviously he's overwhelmed by your emotions. I mean, if we were able to go back in time and be a fly on the wall and look at that 
experience or that interaction that you had with him, we would likely come up with a completely different meaning and story. But that experience lived inside of you almost like as a quote unquote mini trauma. And it's so defining. It's like that first experience with a guy. And then you're like, okay, I can never really say that I'm upset again. And then it got to the point, every relationship, I was dealing with someone who couldn't take it and had, and Mm -hmm. wouldn't stay for the talk. Wasn't, they weren't capable of talking it out or sharing their feelings or listening. And so I was constantly on the stay, you know, don't go begging in a way for them to feel something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so easy. And then I want to transition to your current relationship. I just wanted to point out, I mean, I've definitely can look back at all the relationship roadkill of my past and go back in time and think, wow, I really lost my dignity in that moment. The word I kept coming up with when I was thinking about my past. It's like, it's really sad that I honestly don't know if I could even boost a girlfriend up if a guy was treating her badly. It was like always walking on eggshells mm-hmm. and never wanting to be like, uh-uh, I, don't, I deserve better. If you're going to leave, good riddance. And that's, yeah. and Peace. that's, I was like, this Jillian woman, oh my God, she's she's going to teach me how to be strong, a strong oh, woman, Lord. not not a bitch, and not but just no. just very secure and solid and strong and who I am to be able to say, okay, I'm at the point where if that were to happen, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> if you feel that way, that's fine. Go, you can go now, and they'd probably be like, what? And stay. It's that being totally secure in standing up for yourself and not accepting anything less. Okay. So this is where I want to transition to your current relationship, because I would argue that this is where the school of thought is when you're in a relationship, you actually learn to love yourself. This is where actually where I support that theory, because I really believe that your current relationship, you've been able to see yourself a little bit or a lot through his eyes. And I think that being in a relationship and learning to work out your stuff in a relationship and not running away is what helped you earn greater esteem for yourself and to raise your self-esteem. Tell us just a little bit about, number one, how this relationship is different than your past relationships. And then number two, I want to touch on the struggles that you faced in the beginning, trying to even adjust to the idea of being in something healthy and just the close calls that maybe you experience and how we work together to help you. And you did so much work on yourself to stay present, to stay in your body, to not run away and Mm -hmm. to face the discomfort that that true intimacy brought up for you. So how is this relationship different? Oh my God. It's completely, I'm on a daily basis in shock and blown away. (laughs) It's taken me a while to accept it and to be happy with that feeling of, feeling loved and someone telling you that 
they love every part of you and they're not going anywhere. I never trusted that. I never... Let me guide you, Lulu, because there was something that I said recently in a video and you're like, that really describes me. Yes. So is it true that there were times where you questioned his love for you because you thought, how can I trust someone who feels that way about me when all I've ever known is having to work really hard to earn someone's love? Yeah, I just didn't believe that this person was real. I thought that he was obviously trying to play some game with me. And I had to see pictures of his family and of his ex-wife. And I had to see into his life more to believe that this guy was as genuine as he said he was. And my mind just fucked with me on a daily basis. I even had a problem with the fact that I was so comfortable with him. I remember telling you like, the fact that I just get on the phone with him without checking my makeup, without looking at myself in the mirror, and I still have my hair up in a bun and I don't know, pimple cream. I can look the worst and I'm still answering a FaceTime call with him. Like, I obviously <laughs> am not into him. Wait, that's so interesting. So you thought the fact that you can just be yourself yes. was an indication that you probably were just not attracted to him. That's so interesting. Yeah. And so from the get-go, I was like, I'm going to be myself. And that, of course, was happening too because of all my other experiences on these dating apps and stuff like that. I mean, I'm in the middle of nowhere in here in Palapu, and I was, I met a lot of men through dating apps. And I was just like, I got to cut to the chase. Let's just FaceTime right away, see if there's any chemistry. And I just immediately felt so comfortable with him. And yeah, that definitely was like, I'm obviously not that into him if I can be this comfortable around him. And if I'm not caring what I look like, the looks were a way to get them. And what I thought I needed to keep them was yes. to always be like perfect and look perfect and uh being in a healthy relationship means that you actually have to show up as an emotionally available person. I felt that for the first time in my life, being in an extremely healthy relationship where someone was seeing me, not calling me on my shit, but I knew he was, what's the word? Not self-aware, but he was in tune in all the right ways. I had to be my best self, but it was like, I didn't. I was just with someone who just had the same heart as me. And I feel was going to be able to tell if I was lying or if I wasn't myself. So what I started realizing was that being with him was like holding a mirror up to myself because I could see how insecure I was or maybe how I got in bad moods here and there and how I'd be grumpy or I'd be this and that. And there was definitely a kind of testing. It was like, I'm going to not literally test this guy, but I'm going to be in my bad mood and not necessarily try to hide it because I want him to see the real me and see if he'll still love me. Women are masters at this. And it's not conscious. Oh, yeah. It's, are you strong enough to really handle me? Will you still stay if you see my dark side? Mm -hmm. So that's what you mean by testing. But I think what's important to specify is that it's really trust issues that come up. Trusting in the person, trusting in their love, trusting in your ability to be in it. It's everything. I didn't trust him in a way. I didn't trust who he was. 
What about yourself? Did you trust yourself and trust your ability? No, probably not. Anytime I felt that love romantic feeling, I was like, uh, be careful because I have done that before where the guy will hold my hand on the first day and I'm like, oh my God, we're getting married. Like, <laughs> again, it's like I, those little breadcrumbs of what I thought were genuine or loving or anything like that. I would then take that after knowing them for maybe a couple of weeks and then jump way too far ahead thinking that this person was something they weren't and then be shocked and surprised when we broke up. So what has been the most challenging part of learning how to be in this mature and highly functioning relationship? Not getting in my head and really listening to this new feeling that I had in my life called happiness. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago where I was in yoga and I was like, am I feeling, what is, oh, I think this is happiness. And it was just a piece. My brain and my head wanted to go back to that addiction way of feeling of like, what about this? And what about that? Just panicking, overanalyzing, overthinking, and like jumping all over the place, making it so that my body and my emotions would have to back away and back out of this relationship. Staying out of your head has been the biggest challenge. And by the way, that's definitely not unique to you. I think that it is one of the biggest truths that I know of about relationship is that our minds, our heads can be very, very messy. And what sabotages a relationship is when two people get in their heads. And one person can sabotage a relationship easily when they get too trapped in their heads. So yeah. your greatest work in this relationship, which I think is everyone's greatest work or most people's greatest work, is learning how to get out of their heads often and be in the present moment. What do you do very specifically? What do you do now, like technique-wise or skill-wise, or what do you say to yourself? What are some of the techniques or tools that you use to identify when you're in your head and to get out of your head as much as possible? So number one, I mean, I think it is the most challenging, hardest thing to do ever to get out of our heads. And I would love to say that I wake up and I meditate and I make matcha and I read some <laughs> books. I've tried, but for me, it will just be driving and mm -hmm. I'll feel an anxiety or I'll basically be bored and be like, well, what is there to worry about? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that I have to remind myself that everything's okay and there's nothing to freak out about and that I'm in a safe place. So in regards to interacting with him, I was like, that is safe and therefore you're okay. Just the thought of having to communicate and converse with another man on a daily basis was very flustering for me. I was just like, oh shit, what am I going to have to deal with now? Do you know what I mean? Well, that's important to note because I think that there are people out there 
who are always dreaming of having this really lovely relationship. And then once they get it, they freak out and then they sabotage. And I always tell those people, you need a coach or a therapist that you're talking to regularly to get you over the hump. Because mm-hmm. it does get easier to get you over the initial hump of all the anxiety. Because like you said, he's a mirror. Being single is actually easier. You can just deal with your own stuff. You can micromanage. Live in my head. Live in your head all you want. Yeah. Make up these stories as much as you want. Get upset. But when you're in a relationship, you need to account for Mm -hmm. your stuff and you need to show up. And I think what started happening is that whenever I was in that phase where I felt like maybe I was testing him or whatever, he'd be like, what's happening right now? Or like, what are you doing? And I started feeling guilty. Like, why are you doing this? He's committed. Like, he's there. You got to stop this. At one point, he said, I've been fighting for this relationship from day one. And like, sooner or later, I mean, you had to help me realize that this was a man that loved me and wasn't going anywhere. And yet at some point, had the backbone to be like, you know, he was going to stand up for himself sooner or later. Well, yeah, of course. I had to wake up and realize that I had something really good in front of me and like enough playing around. So this is where I was still working on myself. I still had to sit myself down with you and be like... And with yourself, yeah. Where do I want to go with this? Where do I want to go? And I chose to move forward with him. I think that it was all just so new to me and I just didn't trust it. And I don't know, I'm trying to. No, this is perfect, Lulu, because, and this proves my other point about the camp that claims you don't have to learn love yourself before you are in a relationship. You can just learn to love yourself while you're in a relationship. But it's not so binary because as you're explaining it's so easy to sabotage. Like if you don't feel like you're deserving, if you are not aware of and working through your own fears of intimacy that you never knew that you had until you actually are in a relationship with someone who can show up for you, if you're not doing it, one will sabotage the relationship. If you don't believe you're worthy at all of receiving that love, you will push a really good human being away. And I see people do it right all the time. And I think that where I really want to honor you is that, yes, obviously you had my help. Just like I work with a coach. I mean, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a family member, I really think that when people are struggling in a relationship whatever it is, whether it's their attachment style, whether whatever it is, you really need to be talking to someone to get you over the hump of those initial steps. But what I was going to say was there was an instinct that you had that you were like, this is a good man. This is a good person. And I would be a fool to walk away from this. So I wanted to say that, yeah, I had been in relationships that were these three-monthers where they seemed great, they were going great, the guys were definitely 
better than I had chosen before. And around three months, I would just drop it. I would just end it like that. Hmm. And they were very upset. You know, I'd hear from a friend that they were like, she's not emotionally available and she doesn't. And it was like, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm not. Like, I'm not ready to be in a relationship. So when I felt like someone was really having feelings for me and that things could maybe get serious, I'd want out immediately. And what was different with this was the fact that I went in knowing my triggers, right? Knowing that around three months is usually when I bail. From day one, I felt different with this man and the connection we have. I just like him so much, so much about him. Uh-huh. There is just like, I'm still finding things about him that I love. And no one's perfect. He's just fucking amazing and incredible. And that's where throughout me struggling, I was just like, Lulu, don't fuck this up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a testament actually to, I think that's actually maturity because that's the whole concept behind realigning one's picker is, okay, I may want to run. I'm being faced with all this discomfort right now, but I know that this is actually right for me. And so you you are like, I'm staying. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to work this out. And then look, you got to the other side and you're so happy that you did. What would you tell all the people who are listening to this right now? What would you tell them about what you think it is to actually love yourself Like, do you have a message for them? Just a couple of things that you can tell the listener right now who's in a similar position or they really struggle, I should say, to love themselves. What does that even mean? Like, what would your message be for them? Well, for me, this sounds so pathetic, but I chose someone on the app that had a picture of his three kids with him and where he wasn't posing And he wasn't like, I could just feel that this was a good guy that had his shit together and he was covered in tattoos at the same time. So he was like, you know, it it was kind of, you know, this is a good one that Jillian will approve of, I think. (laughs) But basically I was like, don't just go for something so obvious. I mean, I was dating much younger men on average My picker was not like, oh, is this someone that I could spend the rest of my life with? It was like, is this someone that I could have fun with for a few months? Okay, there you go. So so making the shift to something longer term. Yeah, I would always look at just the men who had liked me already. Mm. And I said, let me look at just the men that are out there that maybe have seen me and have passed on me or maybe haven't seen me at all. And that's who I clicked on. And then I sent him a rose because... I wanted his to get his attention. Okay. So one step is go for something different. Don't go for what's normal. So that's really great practical advice. And then what would you, just like a parting thought, what is your perspective? You said, okay, we don't have to be totally healed. We don't have to totally love ourselves. But what overall has been your greatest lesson? Maybe it's one great lesson or maybe it's a couple. Just going through this journey of where you were to where you are now. Oh my God, I don't know if I'm answering the question correctly, but I feel that what it feels like in this thing called love and being in a healthy relationship is 
knowing that I can be myself, but I'm with someone who's only going to make me better. I've become a better person because of this man. Like, I thought I was pretty great, but like, this guy is amazing. And I feel like with his love and support, I've been able to look at myself less harshly. That guy or my boyfriend doesn't have to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You need to work on yourself. Get your shit together. It's more like, I'm feeling that you're, how are you feeling? Because I feel like something's wrong or something's going on. And then genuinely being honest with that person and then having that back and forth relationship. It's like, I only want to learn. I only want to get better. I was very selfish. I lived very selfishly in relationships and I had to learn to accept and realize that there was someone else in my life who really cared about me and I needed to acknowledge them. And it was just definitely no, that's amazing. fed up with choosing men that treated me like shit. I mean, it's as simple as that. And not to say that a guy can bring you flowers every time they see you and then that should be like, oh, then this is the guy, right? I had to give the relationship time, really see consistency and realize that some of the time I wasn't being consistent. Like I was the one not being consistent. Mm, and so then, important. you know, it definitely doesn't happen overnight. I've definitely felt that connection in the very beginning, but I still struggled with every single step because it was all new to me. But you didn't give up. Well, that's the thing that I got to say. No, I never gave up. What I'd always wanted since I was a little girl was this true blue love where someone would accept me and love me no matter what. But at the same time, holding myself accountable. Because you can't just say, love yeah. me the way I am and just run around like a kindergartner. Amen. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell people all the time, that no one is coming to save you. No one is going to rescue you. That the relationship is not going to just magically make you happy. You have to show right. up. You have to face yourself. You've got to do the hard work. Yes. And Yeah. That's what makes this experience that I'm having with this man so incredible because I'm like, oh, it's so different than what I thought it was. And it's mm -hmm. even better. It's even juicier because it's like there is work and there is true love and emotion involved. I could be a pretty narcissistic, selfish, walking <sighs> around in my own little world. Like We all can be. That's the whole point. We all can be. And, and yet um, we're amazing at yet. the same time. We're mm -hmm. like, why can't this guy come along and see how amazing I am? Guess what? When it happens, you're then like, you got to really follow through and you can't necessarily go back to your old ways. Okay. We're just going to end it right then and there because <laughs> you just said it. You just said it. And I think that there's no point in to even extrapolate on that because you just encapsulated so much of what my theory is about relationship. Yeah, that's beautiful. If you want a grown-up relationship, you have to be a grown-up. And I was 45 still behaving like a teenager. I love that. If you want a grown-up relationship, then you have to be <laughs> a grown-up in the relationship. Yeah.
it's spot on. But it takes time, right? I mean, I think it takes time and age. Some of the best love comes along when you're older. Oh, thank you for saying that, Lulu. It's so important that people hear that. Everyone is on their own journey. And sometimes based on the life that we have and the journey we have, it does come later. But don't give up. But don't give up. Don't give up. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Thank you, Lulu. It's been, it's just such a pleasure to know you and to see how, how committed you've been to stepping up and being a better person and for breaking really hard wired patterns. And I know you're man, I met with you both and I'm just, and I'm just thrilled. And it's all a work in progress. And I thank you for being you. And I thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for doing what you do. And you're the main reason why I'm happy these days. But I really had to listen to you. I was ready to listen to you and do what you said. (laughs) Yeah. You had to be ready. Thank you. You you have to be ready to listen to me and to do what I say exactly. Yes. You have to do this. Listen to me. I have to follow my exact instructions. Follow someone (laughs) else's opinions and guides. No, but it's always all your internal guide that actually, whatever that is inside Mm -hmm. of us that guides us, that that led us to this moment. So thanks, Lulu. Yes. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Jillian on Love is a Q-Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hi, just checking in and seeing if you might want to step away from the noise of the world for just a moment and connect back to you. If so, join me on my podcast, Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion, where we'll explore mindfulness, self-love, and personal growth as I share practical insights and tools to hopefully help inspire you to start to take charge of your mental and emotional well-being. Search for Letting It Settle with Michael Gallion on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now.